Match day live extra from Old Trafford where Wolves were beaten by two goals to nil. I'm Mikey Burrows alongside me is the Hall of Famer Andy Thompson. A goal in the first half from Anthony Martial. Goal late in the second from Alejandro Garnacho. The differences between the two teams, yet Wolves had plenty enough possession. Never really troubled David De Gea. Didn't have a shot on target in the entire game. And in the end, were beaten. Um, Tomo, hard to really assess. I mean, we come into this game on the backdrop of being very good at home, but obviously not getting anything away this season. Our away form has been poor. And when you come off the back of our previous away game, which was that 6-0 defeat at Brighton, a lot of fans would have probably settled for just a 2-0 defeat before kick-off. And yet, you kind of hope to see a little bit more from Wolves. Yeah, I was disappointed. So like again, no, no attempts on goal. Um... And it's it's something that the manager is going to have to seriously look at uh, in the close season because so look, we're not offering ourselves any chance of winning a game because we're not creating enough of, in that top third and for whatever reason it is because so we look we look like a team who so like, have a lot of play in the other two thirds but just run out of ideas and a little bit careless in that top third for me and and that's got to be sorted sooner rather than later. Well, we started with only one change from the side that had beaten Aston Villa last week. It was a Premier League debut for Dan Bentley in goal. We'll talk about him a bit later on. Um, but in terms of the way the rest of the team was set up with Pedro Neto on the left, Mateus Nunez on the right and Mateus Cunha supporting Diego Costa up top, Wolves really struggled in the opening period to kind of get a serious amount of possession. And really when they did get it, they were a bit wasteful, weren't they? Yeah, and look, so Man United did pretty well. So like they, what they did, so when Wolves really worked hard to win it back, they, they, they did really well. But it's just that turnover, what's been the problem, the turnover when we got the ball. We haven't got like that 15, 20-yard ball what Man United did to us, where we can see options and where we can pass it. What we had was one or two-yard pass, which just played into Man United's hands and they were able to get the ball back pretty quickly especially in that first half second half it opened up a little bit but in that first half when we won that ball we just didn't have that 15 20 yard pass just to get us out the press of Man United uh, and I think it's down to options there's got to be options there for um, anybody who's there you should have at least two or three when you've got the ball when you do that because without doubt they worked really hard to get to get the shout they worked really, really hard to win that ball back but the disappointing part about it was when we did win it back that we'd just give it quickly back to Man United. They were a little bit more direct second half. There was a little bit more intent. They had to be. They had intent. to be. Um, they, but Pedro Neto went off at half-time. He Chen Huang came on. Um, he kind of contributed to it. Uh, we saw Lamina being a bit more direct in his running. Mateus Cunha kind of moved over to the left-hand side and Mateus Nunez more in the middle. Um kind of as a 10 perhaps ahead of the other two midfielders and he again looked more comfortable when Lamina went off and we hope Lamina's okay there was a bit of an injury when he closed down uh, a long range shot um, but it just felt like they needed somebody to get on the ball and then an outlet up top and as hard as Diego Costa worked and he worked incredibly hard again today Wolves didn't have the option to stretch them, did they? No, they didn't. And again, and that's come down for legs and people to run beyond. Um, and look, Costa works really hard to unsettle the defences and all that. 
But when we have got the ball, you've got to have somebody who you can hit and to give you an option to get forward. And unfortunately, because of his uh, age and hasn't really got that pace anymore, we haven't got an option. I said We said earlier about bringing Traore on just to, to give us that option where we've got an outlet for somebody who can stretch the defence of Man United. Uh, we didn't really utilise him that that well. We didn't get the ball to him for a lot of the time. But that's, that's again, that's going to be some things that the manager's going to have to have a look at or address in the summer where we need to have some, some kind of option where we're going forward to get somebody to push defenders back. Because I think Man United were comfortable throughout the game because they knew nobody was going to run beyond them. And, OK, when Traore's come on, they, they probably thought, oh, well, there's a player here who can cause the problem. But, like... We didn't really get the ball to him that well. I don't know if that was an to Man United play or just that we couldn't find him. But they've got to they've got to have something that's going to be able to push them back. You watch Man United players when they got the ball, especially so like you're looking at Anthony down that right hand side for Man United. As soon as he's got the ball, he's off. He's gone. He's running with the ball, and things start to happen. Things start to open up when you're willing to run at it. Neto didn't do it in that first half and that's why he got substituted to, for Wang well this is the, the part of the issue I guess about Pedro Neto because I'm just watching as some of the subs who didn't come on are being put through their paces and the question about Pablo Sorabia who we haven't seen for a couple of games now and if you're going to play in that way of into someone's feet and allow them to be a bit intricate He's probably the player to do that. If you're Pedro Neto, if you're picking Pedro Neto, you're kind of hoping that he's the player to drive past people. He didn't really do that to them. He didn't do it at all. I, I, said, it, I said in the first half, he's had opportunities to drive at Wan-Bissaka. I don't know if that's come from, because he's got a reputation wan of being a talented defender and hard to get past. But, but how are you going to know by not if you don't test him? How's he going to know that he's got that ability to stop you know, the cross or stop that pass? Because he never give him an he's never give himself an option about driving at him. Everything kept coming checking back. We seen times it, without even getting past one second, he could have put him with his left foot, refused to do that, brought it back to his right foot. But as I touched on at half time, the, the attackers have made that run. Costa's made that run um, in there. Kunar's made that run in there, and all of a sudden when they do it. <laughs> what what can they do? Because all Man United do is push up. They're either offside, or Wolves players are coming back away from the the Man United goal, and they've got they've got to he's got to be willing to put it in. You've seen when we hit him first time. Smadow did a couple in the second half, which gets Man United on the back foot, but we just didn't test it. And I was disappointed with Neto because I think that Neto's a good player, but he was not willing today for whatever reason to see how good Wan-Bissaka was by driving at him and getting at him and he didn't do it once to him um, let, so a couple of things again we will talk about Dan Benley but just before we do um, we saw the return of Raul Jimenez today um, which again it mean, he didn't get a huge amount of time to make an influence on the game um, it's going to be really interesting how he handles Jimenez now for the last two games because Look, Everton at home, Everton obviously still fighting to try and get out of relegation. They'll have seen Nottingham Forest and Leeds both picked up points today. Um, you know, they might pick themselves up a result, although um, I think they've got a pretty tough game uh, this weekend. Um, they have Man City at home tomorrow. So, yes, incredibly tough game. But Everton are likely to need points. So it's not going to be kind of the classic end of season not a lot going on it. And Wolves supporters are going to turn up for the final home game and expect 
something, you know, expect some entertainment, expect some tempo and expect a sign about what this Lopetegui team is going to be going forwards. So where do you, or how do you use the forwards? Because Diego Costa, we don't know what's happening. Probably more than likely you'd imagine they will they will let him go on the yeah. end of his contract. Yeah. Came in on a short term because of the injury to Sasha yeah. Kalajic. You hope that Sasha is fully fit for next season. So you don't really need Costa. No. Jimenez is a different scenario. And clearly he's not been enamoured with Raul. That's why he's not been in the squad for six games. But he gave him a chance today. And he clearly gave him a bit of a pep talk before he went on. Do you, can you see him starting him next week and saying, go on then, this is your last opportunity to prove that you're part of this moving forward? <laughs> I, I think he's made his mind up already for me. I think he made it when he first came to the club with Jimenez. Um, I, 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 I don't think he's somebody that he's going to look at. So look, and I, I, he's left him out the squad. Was it six games? He's left him out the squad altogether. Um, he's brought him back in today for whatever reason. Is it because he's... He, he thought that he might have to put it, use him as an option going forward. That's probably why he's used him. But I can't see the two strikers that swap places in there, Costa or Jimenez, being part of his plans. I think he's got a year left, though, hasn't he, Jimenez? So he's got a year left. So, look, if you can't get rid of him or he's not going to go uh, to anywhere else, I don't understand why you don't utilise him. So, look, at the end of the day, so... Who knows? A good pre-season from Jimenez. You don't know what he's going to do. He might shine. He might shine in pre-season. So, like, um, but there's for one thing or another, there's going to be people changing at this club in the playing side, either coming or going. Because uh, this manager, he's clearly not happy with how things have gone, with the way that he gets so animated on the bed. I know managers do, but you can see that things aren't just right what he wants. And if he hasn't got the players to do it, he'll bring the players in who will do it for him. Yeah, and it's a difficult one, isn't it? And maybe it is time for a bit of a refresh on a larger scale than than we've seen previously. Because you've got to, you've got, you've got. To, if you're going to succeed in this league, you've got to refresh and you've got to do it on a regular basis. Uh, and we've seen where we stood still after Nuno uh, left the club, and I think that we stood still in the transfer market a little bit. And we got bypassed by a lot of teams. And I think that's been a problem. And the thing is, though, it's very, very difficult to do catch-up. And, that, and that's what we've suffered with. Because one of the things that uh, I just wanted to point out, that a, a lot of the frustrations you can see, the body language of Julian Lopetegui, it's not that dissimilar to Bruno Large. And it is about Wolves not getting the ball forward quick enough. And I know that's a big frustration of yours and Lee Naylor's yep. when we're on here yep. and we talk about and and maybe there is an element of not trusting that they don't have that option of pace up top to try and stretch games as other teams might do. But that that is a key thing that Wolves need to find a way to move the ball quicker. Otherwise, they will struggle away yep. from home because yep. they'll naturally be deeper. And we've seen at home where teams sit a bit deeper to us, we're a bit better. Yeah, and look, so like, yes, yeah, so the emphasis is on other teams come when they come to Molyneux, but we struggle to set, as you touched on there, we struggle to set the games to to teams away from home for whatever reason. And look, say, and it, and it, <laughs> so I sometimes set the mic away from him, and then and I say things off air a little bit. So look, when I'm watching us and how frustrating it gets when we've got opportunities to go forward, and I keep saying this to you, they've got opportunities for first. Uh, 
first touch should be can I go forward if not can we go square last resort backwards when we play away from home our options are inside or backwards that's what we play majority of the time back I saw and again I'm not just picking on him Samedo uh, is down here because it's just in front of us he's got the ball on his right hand side is making a run all Samedo's got to do he ain't even got to p- pass it to him he's just got to hit it into the space he's reluctant to do it he's turned back and passed it back to Dawson Traore's had a go at him putting his arms out why aren't you playing it to me but that can t- that goes on all over the park I'm only saying that because it just happened just in front of us and that's something that we've got to get out of our DNA about this safety first safety first because I don't think the manager wants that I don't think the manager wants that safe play he wants people to take those risks and look they've got the quality that it's a risk but it's a ball that they should be playing nine times out of ten and so look don't get me wrong if we're winning the game and we want to pass it back fine but if we're chasing the game the last place I want it to be is the Dan Bentley's goal and and we don't do that enough in our away games we don't look forward enough in the away games that we're still that reluctant to do it we still want that safety element but it causes big problems for us it invites teams onto us um, in terms of uh, uh, an interesting change today Dan Bentley in for Jose Sarr now it uh, we've had a number of discussions about Jose Sarr and the fact that he's not had as good a second season as he did his first and and for three quarters of that first season he was he was immense um, Dan Bentley's had an unbelievable debut here yeah a couple, couple of saves were really well, top three, level well three three top saves so like um, he's, he's made, made today so like the way that he's gone about it and look so like it's it's not going to hurt his career if anything it's going to help him the manager probably wanted to see what he was like on the big occasion now he's come through it with all flying colours as well with the way that he's gone um, okay he's got beat by the two goals from Man United but look he hasn't made a mistake today and what I did like about him none of that hesitation when the ball's played to him that's I don't think the manager likes Saar doing that because he, he seems oh I'll do a little bit of a trick here or a little feint to go the other way I don't think the manager... He, he the wants, manager or you? Yeah, both of us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a word with him later. But um, I, I don't think the manager likes that. He don't want to see his keeper doing all these tricks or whatever. But also, as well, he's conceded a few goals near his near post in the, in the last few weeks. Bentley's saved three, which would have been certain goals if he, if he wasn't in. And look... The manager, as I said, the manager is going to make a lot of changes in the summer. I think that he's probably not happy with his goalkeeper. He probably wants some more, um, another defender maybe, a centre-half. He maybe wants another midfielder. He'll definitely want a big striker. And I don't mean by heart, I mean a striker. Well, I was going to say, he's got a big one in Sasha yeah. Kalajic. Yeah. I, I, I just think that seen. he want, Well, uh, OK, a, a big striker with a reputation. I think he wants, and and that's going to be the important thing about it, that he wants to make sure that this team can offer more away games. At the moment, we don't. We're not offering enough for me in away games. Um, okay, Everton at home next. Um, well, they'll be fighting for everything, won't they? Yeah. Everton will be fighting because they're fighting for their lives. Uh, we're decent at home. 
look, we saw what they did to Brighton last week. I couldn't believe it. Um, but again, they're gonna they're gonna have to because last home game of the season, they're gonna have to be up for a fight because Sean Dyche's team will be up for a fight, and if they get overrun or overturned by that element of it, I think you might see an animated manager on the touchline, very animated. And an animated Hall of Famer in the press. Very box. animated. <laughs> Tomo, thank you very much. No problem at all, As mate. ever, Andy Thompson with me here at Old Trafford. We will see you uh, for Wolves Weekly, available from Wolves Radio and in your usual podcast places during the week. And then uh, me and Tomo will be joined by Lee Naylor at Molyneux for one final time this season for the final home game against Everton. We'll see you then.